Okay. So before, you know, I'm just going to say the video you uh, sent over from Pierre with the title, I Thought I Was Gay. Mm-hmm. Really, I mean, the the way some people, because of society, think he himself thought he was gay because of stupid, not stupid, like regular stuff like drawing. I think I think this the first thing he mentioned the was drawing. Yeah, I mean, oh, uh, uh, I'm good at drawing, or I like drawing. That mean that must mean I'm gay. Like, wh- why? <laughs> why but it's very it's very common especially within um people who are either questioning or just might be a little bit conditioned to mm. to think that they might or might not be lgbtq plus it's 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 a lot of uh inner pull like the inner just homophobia internalized homophobia that we have is Mm -hmm. completely obnoxious because you have you're obviously out in the real world just like like he explained it's uh, you are faced with everything that you see outside with your peers with your parents with all of these things and you have this inner world where you have your hobbies and the things that move you and make your world shatter and rock and piece itself back together, right? So you have this dichotomy of two, and the two of them don't really explain each other. So his thing, and I, I watched the video yet again, I opened it and it had my like, and I was just, yes, this video is amazing because obviously, you see it and you you might even like look at him and be like, eh, maybe like you might be judgmental and uh, judge the book by its cover. And yeah, exactly. a lot of times, a lot of times that helps you. It helps your brain to put things into compartments. Mm-hmm. Compartments? Is that a, yeah, sure. Why not? Um, so you compor- comport, <laughs> I'm not even going to try to say that word. Um, <laughs> you put everything in all these tiny little boxes or drawers or whatever in your brain. So you associate like, that's the tropes. Like you have the high school tropes that explains this, like to a T in movies. Like you have the geeks, you have the jocks, you have the preppy little girls, you have the nerdy girls, you have, you know, like you have all of these subdivisions into society. And for the most part, these things kind of help you. But it's very important for you to understand that they help you, but they do not define you. Yeah, but here's the thing. Um, Being gay is uh, obviously being sexually oriented uh, towards the same sex, right? So a man will like Mm -hmm. a man. Why did he think or why do people sometimes think like dressing a bit feminine or um, expressing through dancing is something... that goes along with sexuality because it in my eyes it means nothing like if you dance um even if it's a more typically more uh feminine dancing that does not define your sexuality in my in my uh, mind but still people find some somehow uh, society's standards certain things women do and certain things men do well, it's a lot of like, you still have like very anchored gender roles in most Western societies and Eastern societies as well, uh, in a different way than than we do it here in the West. 
Um, <laughs> but like most of these things, they make uh, possible for the world to keep on going around. So there's a reason why these things are here, right? <clears throat> and I feel for him, um, the whole like painting or drawing or like uh, artistry or anything like that, music and all that stuff, it's like we typically associate the, the, these things with people that are outside of the box. So mm -hmm. he then mentions like he started really revolving around the 1980s because Michael Jackson, yeah. David Bowie, and all these men who were breaking the gender role of a man. So makeup, all of these dances, all of these dance moves that were outside of the regular masculine um, prisma, right? Yeah. All of these fashion accessories, styles that were more leaning towards the feminine versus masculine. So they were breaking the gender norms and even like certain things like, for instance, Freddie Mercury, right? Like exactly. who mm -hmm. was, um, may he rest in peace, um, yeah. who, who was known to be gay. Like there's certain things like when you think Freddie Mercury, like what do you think? What do you visualize? And this is the same thing. Like when you think of a gay person, what do you think of? So exactly. those are your anchors, right? Mm. If you don't view it as in like, oh, I imagine like a very more masculine, like styled either by hair or fashion sense or even mannerisms. Um, and I see that as a lesbian, like you probably haven't been out in the real world for for a bit. <laughs> Time yeah. to get out of that rock. Because typically when people like when when I say lesbian, you most likely are not going to picture what, for instance, what we call in the LGBT community or lesbian community as a lipstick or a feminine lesbian. Mm. Or your typical, like, very girly girls and, mm. like, wearing makeup, all these dresses, wearing heels. So you're typical, like, very feminine um, persona. But you're not going to, like, when you hear the word lesbian, you're probably not going to think of those no. females. You're probably going to think more along the lines of a woman wearing a suit, having short, like, very nicely styled hair. Yeah. Most likely with no or minimal makeup, right? So you you see this image because you have conditioned yourself by being out in the real world and seeing all the anchors that we as a society have demeaned to be anchors for certain things. So like when you think of a doctor, what do you, what do you imagine? You imagine scrubs or you imagine like a lab coat or something like that. Exactly. And Exactly. So those are your visual anchors. So right. we, it's just, while it makes no sense to me, <laughs> obviously, um, and I believe we had talked about this, like, I don't, I don't know when, uh, but I had absolutely zero clue up until somewhat recently that there was a bisexual culture. Like I had no idea of like the finger guns thing or like the double peace sign and like cuffing your jeans and stuff like that uh, uh, was like ignorant. considered... You have no idea was, what you're talking about. Yeah, but that's the thing. Like, it's just like uh, society will make anchors for these things that are outside of their knowledge. Thing, mm. People that are in the know or are in these smaller communities, be it whatever it is, will create these anchors for themselves. But right? Tammy, um, mm. you, you've, 
Yeah, you've mentioned, you know, that we see a lesbian has this woman who dresses up, um, I'll say in quotes, uh, manly and with little to no makeup, shorter hair. And uh, But these type of women, actually, uh, type of women who are lesbian also exist. Yes, there's like, it's just people. Right. right, and that's the thing with with what uh, Pierre um, explained is that he likes what he likes, he does what he does, and and that's it. He's human, and towards the end of the video, he's just like, we're all human, and we're exactly. all like yeah. allowed to like what we like, dress however the hell we like, and just do whatever we want, and that's our prerogative as human beings, as individuals, right? There's nothing like if you tell me you like to draw. I don't think gay. I don't think you must be gay or you must be whatever. When you say you play soccer, I don't immediately think you're a jock. I take right. it for for face value. You you like to play soccer. Okay, you like to play soccer. That's what it is. Yeah, but right? I don't associate come, it with anything. How come? How, how come people just associate these certain things as being gay or not i just it it, it bothers me because i it's don't understand it's social conditioning because like if you think of like david bowie right who's a gay icon mm -hmm. he wears makeup so sure. if a dude wears makeup okay so so you do it by associate association associ association associ oh my <laughs> i can't speak God associating bless. uh big people or uh common exactly uh, common icons that you see on tv and stuff like that So it's basically like media reflections. Like for a good while, mm. I looked at Angelina Jolie and I was like, yes. And me being the gay bee that I was in the yeah. mid of the 2000s, it was like she dated this chick in the 90s, but she's now with a dude, you know, mm. and like my bisexual heart went rattle, rattle. And like, oh, my God, identification. I identify <laughs> with this person. But obviously, mm. it's very hard for you to identify with your neighbor who doesn't have their um, their life and their persona being blasted on social medias and news outlets and movies and TV shows and all these things. Right. So we will consume several uh, data points, be it on magazines, newspapers, uh, TV shows, interviews, all this fun stuff. Um, and we will start like knowing these people that we don't actually know but we see them we hear them right we we read what they what they wrote so we associate them and their traits and however they carry themselves to what they are or what they seem to be so do you have any like idea how people can trail off from this uh, line of thought that you judge someone just I by their look I feel like it's, um, I have mixed opinions on basically every single subject that we could possibly talk about. But uh, like I said before, like, I didn't know up until recently, like that cuffing your jeans hmm. was like a bisexual thing. It was literally like the bi community that got, got together was like, hey, let's identify ourselves in public. So it's kind of almost like uh, gangs, like having different like colored um they right. used to flag it's called flagging so right. they will rep they will represent their gang through the colors of this handkerchief that's like somewhere 
uh, tied to their bodies, right? It's almost the same thing. So you walk around. So I cuff my, my jeans. And if I walk on the street, another bisexual will be able to spot me and be like, hey, maybe she's bi. She has cuffed jeans or she's doing like uh, awkward finger guns like she must be bi or obviously like for smaller communities it's mm. somewhat helpful okay. right because it like, helps um, us identify each other it's like buying the a real uh, world it's like buying a uh a band t-shirt to let everybody know look i like this band and maybe someone exactly. will walk up and it's, say it's hey i like thing. that band like, too but even then like for instance right now or especially in the beginning of the 2010s, um, I feel like for some reason everybody was buying like Nirvana and freaking Pink Floyd <laughs> yes, t-shirts. I'm like, have I you ever listened that. to, <laughs> have you ever heard Pink Floyd? Like you're 12, what? Mm, I am suspicious. Uh, <laughs> so obviously like, but that's the thing. That's the main issue with it. Like smaller communities will come out with all these ideas and ways to represent who they are, right? Yeah. <clears throat> Via fashion, makeup, hairstyles, all of these things. And while you break some stereotypes, you create some more. So there's really mm. no plausible way for us to be like, like you can't tell your grandmother that a woman wearing a pantsuit, you know, is not a lesbian. You know, like you can't <laughs> coerce older generations to let go of the stereotypes that they have been given and been fed. Um, mm -hmm. But for instance, with younger generations, especially like from millennials onwards, I feel like we are far more capable, and capable yeah. of being, yeah, capable of and open-minded to all of these other types, of, types yeah. of expressions. Like when I look at Pierre, like he's, he's wearing makeup and yeah. you ask me, it's like, what do you take what do you take him for? I'm like, it's a dude. I right. hear him. I, I'm assuming he considers himself a he. Therefore, it's a he. So he sounds like a man. He still looks like a man. And he's wearing makeup. Yeah, he's wearing and makeup, that, but you can clearly see that he's a man, even without hearing him talk. Um, but um, but yeah, well, people will just look at him and think he's gay because of makeup and the way he dresses. Yeah. Because it's more feminine and it's more out yeah, there. It's well, more outside of the gender role and the visuals of that same gender role. Mm -hmm. So obviously people will grasp onto the information, in this case, visual information that they have, and just try to read the whole book by the cover, right? Mm -hmm. And I don't know if he has like... Um, absolutely come out and said that he is uh, heterosexual. But like, regardless of him being a hetero, freaking bisexual, pansexual, gay, whatever, right? Like, it literally makes no difference. And majority, especially now, I'm so proud. I'm just going to preface this. I'm so proud of Gen Z. <laughs> I'm so proud of those, those little babies. Uh, I'm going to call them babies, even though they're grown adults. Uh, right yeah. around now yeah um, <laughs> uh, but that's the thing like I feel like uh, especially Gen Z like there's this trend going on on TikTok it's been going on for a while of like boys wearing skirts just boys oh, wow. wearing skirts and I'm like yes flaunt 
yes, do whatever the hell you want. You want to wear a skirt, then do. Like if I see a dude in the middle of the street, which I can't because I don't get out of my house, but uh, if I were to walk out and I were to see a dude with a skirt, I'd be like, hey, nice legs. Maybe, probably not. But I'd, <laughs> I'd look at it and be like, okay, he's wearing a skirt. And I'd think nothing, yeah. nothing of this. And like, even for some millennials, this is very difficult because we still have a lot of yeah. those gender roles like attached and brain ingrained in our brains, right? I, w- I was mixing those two words together to make embrained. Wow. I need a thesaurus right now. Um, but yeah, like, but for Gen Z, like that is completely being broken down and they're doing it themselves, which I think it's amazing. It's like, if you want to wear whatever, then you wear whatever you want to wear makeup, then you do that. Like there's been this trend of like dudes painting their fingernails and I'm like, yes, <laughs> finally. Yeah. I, I love actually, this is probably a little bit TMI, I don't know, but I love dudes that wear nail polish. I don't, I don't know what the fuck is going on with it but i love it i love seeing it and it's just it's great to see like the younger generation like kind of take charge and start breaking those gender roles to the core just like mm-hmm. david bowie michael jackson did in the 80s you know for to me honestly it's very very refreshing refreshing wow i almost like i need i need some coffee <laughs> coffee it's really light for coffee Here's uh, it doesn't affect me. A thing. Welcome to ADHD. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, yeah, it, it, it's true for me too. It, it does nothing. I could even drink a Red Bull before bed and I'll still sleep if I'm tired. Yeah, same here. <laughs> um, ADHD problems. Here's a thing that I'm really interested to know what you think. And I had this um, talk with my friend uh, last year. Because uh, it showed up on the news or somehow that people want to start giving hormonal influence changes to their kids if they see signs that they might not be who they originally were born as um, gender-wise. So, yes. Rewind, rewind. This is in America, right? Of course. Oh, wow. Was it in Florida? (laughs) Uh, hmm. probably, I don't remember the details, but I think this was in, in America. So they were trying to legalize or maybe, uh, make the hospital available to start influencing children, uh, early age. This is like five, six, seven years of, of age, okay. uh, to be submitted into hormonal changes because if your kid shows, your son shows, uh, some interest in women clothing, he might want to be a woman he might identify himself as a woman so it's not he mm-hmm. is a she but right here's my problem i when i was seven eight years old i would run around saying that i'm laura croft from tomb raider right mm-hmm. and this is because obviously i was a kid and i didn't really think about what gender was right I just thought Lara Croft was cool going around on these adventures and I was pretending to be Lara Croft. Now, some parents might have looked at that and say, oh, wow, our son is actually identifying as a woman and submit the kid through these hormonal changes. Now, this is a problem because I identify as a man, not by choice. It, it, It is who I am. I feel like a man. 
And if my okay. parents would have seen that and thought that I wanted to be a woman, how incredibly fucked up would I be today? <laughs> Pretty fucked up, most likely. Now, I, I can probably go on about this for quite an extensive amount of time. Now, I don't want to, like, uh, you know, toot my own horn uh, a little too much, but um, one of my former best friends um, is trans. You know, mm -hmm. and like I got to see things a little bit more clearer other than just stuff that I saw or heard online. So it's more of a real life mm -hmm. um, type of experience. Now, I feel like majority, like honestly, like you said, the whole thing. And I was just like thinking of those parents and my brain just went, okay, boomer. Um, because <laughs> it's a very boomer thing, it seems. It's like uh, trying to be woke um, boomer situation. Cause like, obviously a child, um, develops exactly. in whatever way. Exactly. Right. And mm. you have to understand that for instance, our, uh, frontal lobe only fully develops until the age, uh, once you reach the age of 25. So uh, <laughs> that's pretty extensive and especially children, uh, not just in terms of immune systems and all that medical mumbo jumbo that I'm not going to force you to listen through. Um, yeah. It takes a really good amount of years for a human being to be fully developed to a certain extent. Like, obviously, you can't really, you obviously look at them as kids, but reality of it is that um, by the age of like 12, certain girls can have a pregnancy. Certain yeah. boys can spread their seed and create a pregnancy too. So it's like, obviously, they're children. They're not mentally mature, but they start, uh, for instance, at, th at that point in the early, their early teens to have a far more vast uh, physical um, completion Com versus yeah. their mental their mental um, state. So it's like, while I want to agree with those parents like i agree with where they're coming from like in the sense of i want to make my child as comfortable as possible with themselves and yeah there has to be a very i i don't know enough medical mumbo jumbo uh in there enough terminology to give to you right now but i i i absolutely disagree with that like you're interfering yeah. by means of hormones which is awful, like grown women who take birth control can tell you just how awful it is to have hormones constantly mendeling with your regular yeah. body functions. And this is a completely like neutral case, not it's not a trans person. Yeah. All right. It's a regular female taking birth control, like birth control are um, hormones put together into a pill or a ring or something like of the sort and that gets put into your body uh, for the sake of controlling birth and controlling your hormones and just that is incredibly uh, demeaning for one's body and to think of the same which is contradictory because um, if you have a baby boy he's not actively uh, producing uh, sperm or anything at the age of five, six, but he has testosterone in his body. Yeah. And to force that small and un underdeveloped body to deal with hormones that are not supposed to be there will most likely hinder their development. 
I'm not even going to go into like cognitive situations well, you don't, and you mental don't need development. To. I think it's kind of obvious. I mean, you don't need to go into yeah. to stuff like and that. And there's like, there's like, in my opinion, there's other ways that he can go about it. Like, obviously, once they get to the ang angry, angsty teen years, it's going to be very, very difficult. Yeah. And will require for the parents to be very close and be very understanding. Mm -hmm. And the more loving the relationship between uh, parents and child, the better. Uh, because there will be a lot of confrontation and issues that will arise in the middle of all this if that child is indeed uh, going through body dysmorphia. Like if you have a female that is in a male's body, you will get to puberty and mm -hmm. boobs won't grow, you know, the exactly. regular yeah. female curves won't grow, you know, if the same thing on the inverted side of, of the spectrum, you know, it's like mm -hmm. you, you want to be flat chested and grow muscle or whatever it may be, but you have, you have boobies now and you have hips and all these things, but you don't want to have them. And for a teenager, themselves to be able to cope with this, not just the body body dysmorphia, but dealing with everything mentally is incredibly like frustrating and very, very tiring. Uh, but there's ways for you to do, especially for young children, like instead of dressing that boy up in regular uh, boy clothes, dress them in girl clothes. Yeah. Make them understand that it's okay what they're feeling. Exactly. And welcome like them to what they think they, they, they are. Now, when you just go into a chemical, biological level, it is mm -hmm. so dangerous. It's not, very dangerous. It's really dangerous. And what if the kid is not really what you think he is, right? Yes. And I feel like this is why I call them woke boomers, because they're trying mm. to be like, oh, people transition. People exactly. are bo born yeah. in the wrong bodies, you know, like they're super woke. Yeah, like you're five, yeah, but I'm going to give you all these, all, these, all of these hormones for you so you can be who the hell you want to be. Like, sure, enough, um, Karen or Susan. Oh, or, boy, you uh, went oof. there. I went there. Uh, I'm just kidding. I, Karens wouldn't do that. Karens are way too uptight to admit that people are born in the wrong bodies. But anyway, mm -hmm. um, but a, a whole lot of it is just like, yeah, people transition. It's fine. Yeah, I'm totally going to give my child hormones that their body uh, cannot cope with and completely hinder their development for the next, oh, wait, the rest of their lives. Nice. And no, really especially, I'm gonna I'm gonna give you a piece of information that has been arising for the past like ten years of okay. like teenagers, teenagers who consider themselves trans. And I say consider for a whole lot amount of reasons. Don't come for me, please. Don't cancel me. I haven't even started yet. I can't <laughs> even be canceled to begin with. Please have <laughs> spare me. Um, of starting their transition in their teen years, which is by itself very problematic because your your body's not fully developed there right. mm -hmm. either. So yeah, um, transitioning within their mid-teens even, and then getting to the ages of 20, 20 something, and not wanting, wanting to detransition. So the amount of detransitions that we have been been seeing like that number is rising has been ri rising dramatically mm -hmm. uh for the past few years and i feel like 
we just bluntly accepted, you know, at some point mid like 2010s, we just bluntly accepted like, okay, people are born in the wrong bodies, period. And we, we took it for face value and it is what it is and boom, done. So hmm. we had a child who was like 15 and is kind of questioning their identity and they might have some compl uh, conflicting thoughts or maybe body dysmorphia or something going on, which is completely valid. And then we took that same 15-year-old, instead of listening fully and trying to get them to understand everything that's going on in their minds and bodies and making them understand how things also operate outside of their individual um, situation out in the real world. And by real world, I mean in the medical field. Um, and making them understand all the repercussions and everything. Because we forget that teenagers, we all think we're, like, I've, I was a teen at some point. I know it's been so long. Oh, no. It's been, it's been 84 years. Um, but we, I thought I was invincible. I, was, right. I thought I was every, untouchable. Every teen thinks so, yeah. And they yeah. think they know everything about everything. We know everything. We know everything. We have all the reason. And no, you cannot take my phone after like 9 p.m. <laughs> and yeah, like, why are you telling me that I can't go out with my friends? Like, it's totally fine, Karen, none please. Of business, right? mom. Stay <laughs> the hell out of my mom. room. He's just a boy. Door slam. Um... <laughs> <laughs> and like it's very typical stuff, but instead of sitting down these uh, very horm hormone-filled already human beings who are going through an, a, a just enormous um, amount of changes, both physically, socially, because high school is a female dog, right? Mm. And all of these new social aspects that they're trying to figure out and all of these like all of this commotion that is going on because they're not they're not kids they're not adults like they don't really fit in anywhere but they want to be somewhere they want to be someone and it's just this it's a whole ordeal right and instead of having parents sitting these kids down and trying to understand what's going on mentally and physically with them and trying to let them know that this has a very severe impact on your body. Like it's not going to happen from one day to the other and it's going to be painful and it's going to be all of these other things. And you're, you're going to be like, and it's going to be a lengthy, lengthy process. And we're not sitting them down and we're not understanding them and they're not understanding fully what are the consequences, what is the pain that comes attached with transitioning. And you see a lot of these kids transitioning early because all of these hyper-supportive parents, like Karen has lost her mind, is like supporting her daughter, Andrea, and now it's Andre. And it's like, oh my God, I totally support you, girl. Um, right? And... <laughs> And it's all of this like hyper supportive without understanding, without any communication. And you have these kids who grow into young adults who now regret, regret transitioning. And it's not something like you can detransition easily. It's equally as frustrating mm. and painful as transitioning in the first place. But that's the thing, like I have, I have the, the honor almost of having had a friend who 
is in her early 20s and she has had body dysmorphia since she was a child. So it's not like, oh, this kind of happened when she was a teen or mid-teens or anything like that. Like, it started when she was a young child, right? Okay. And he, But props to her, obviously, um, because she, like, she was able to do research and ask questions and keep on asking those same questions, not to just professionals, medical professionals, but to herself. And at some point last year, she was like, I'm, I'm really trying to accept my body for what it is. And if I do transition, which I still do want to transition, like I'm going to do it slowly and I'm going to do it mindfully and understanding my body and all the conditions that come with transitioning, you know? And it's like, it was great to see someone that was actually had their wits about it, about them, you know, because mm -hmm. I feel like majority of these teens who are transitioning at like 18, 19 even, is like, they're, it's the, the whole, <laughs> The, the whole situation that we have going on in the world that our attention spans is, are like uh, 0.5 seconds and we want something we want it now like right this instant yeah. and they want they don't want to transition within two three years they want to transition now you know like i witnessed something that left me very very confused like i wasn't very close to this person but within like six months this this person changed their name or had at least the close classmates, friends, whatever, mm -hmm. um, change the pronouns and all that stuff, which I'm all for. Okay. Like I had this person, like I know I knew this person for two years prior. I had absolutely zero lingering of idea that the this person was a different gender that they were. Okay. And typically with people that have body dysmorphia, like there's a whole mental spectrum that goes with it that takes a toll. Like my, my, this friend that I was talking about earlier, um, she dressed more manly. She wanted to feel more manly because she was, is a man, you know? And it's like, dude, um, I absolutely like go with it. And I appreciate that shit and use the correct pronouns at the time until she decided that I, uh, I want to accept myself as a female. And then I switch. That's why I'm calling her a she. Okay. Right. Um, but this other person, like I had zero inclination, like, uh, sure. She might've at when she was a she, uh, <laughs> that, that got a little complicated. Um, mm. like dressed feminine to a certain degree, a little bit on the edgy side, but I never really got an inkling of a body dysmorphia or anything other than her actually loving her voice. And she sang beautifully and that's all great and dandy, but I literally went through summer vacation. I came back to university and all of a sudden it's like, it's a different name. And I'm like, really? I, I didn't know. Like, wait, what happened? And six months after that, this person is taking hormones already. And I'm like, well, that's wait. a really fast transition. And I saw this person on Twitter. I, I, I don't know if he's going to see this. Probably, probably not. Um, see this? You can see he this. Hear this. Yeah. You, you, you would have to hear it. Anyways, yeah. <laughs> I don't think he would hear this, but I saw some lingering stuff on Twitter 
of him saying that he couldn't get his hormones fast enough and basically shitting on the National uh, Health Service for not giving him his hormones fast enough and all these things and all of this, give it to me now uh, type of situation. And I'm like, this is what prompts people to regret their transitions at some point because, I, yes, go on. I'm <laughs> sorry. Uh, yeah, I was just saying, I think um, people we're not there yet with the technology to be fast enough. Uh, it might be possible yeah. one day because I'm I'm no science guy, but mm -hmm. if we are able to have ben a... Ben the science guy? I'm sorry. <laughs> if we are able to have a video call, which was not possible 40 years ago, um, we can do a lot of things. Not, we can do a lot of things that we, can't, we couldn't do 10 years ago. So... Absolutely. I think... Yes, it's a bummer that you can't do it now efficiently or without any risk, but, you know, we're still not there yet. My issue is not even, like, obviously technology is evolving and we are an amazing uh, race. We have been, like, I witnessed us going from regular cassette tapes, you know, to full-on CDs oh, yeah. and then VHA, VHS turning into DVDs, you know, yep. and like now everything is online, <laughs> you I know, so I feel all of that. I, yeah, same. Millennials here, here, like what better way to say that we are millennials other than say that, hey, I witnessed the 2000s. Hey. <laughs> um, but yeah, like my issue is not like, obviously, there's a lot of things that comprise transition. But my biggest fear for trans people is not obviously the transition itself, especially uh, surgeries. Those can be very, very difficult. We are still a long way from making the medical, actual medicine be what it has to be for trans people. We still have a long road ahead of us. But the worst part is that since we are in this DNA age of give it to me and give it to me now, yeah. and we are being so adamant about sitting teenagers or children down to make them understand why they're feeling what they're feeling and actually trying to understand what's going on because for for so long, and that's the teenager's problem, right? Like you have all of these feelings, all of these emotions, and you're not actually actively sitting down with your parents and having them understand you. And majority of parents don't even care. They're too busy working. They got other, they got bills to pay and you to feed and all these other things going on. But mm. especially in terms of parenting, like I don't see people having that talk. Like, uh, like, what does your kid feel like? Like, oh, it's just, it's not, well, it's not a he, it's a she. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> it's a little awkward. Oh, but how did that go go on? Like, did, did this person like have any prior situations but that, you know, um, made you think that they were a different gender? Like, does this only happen now? How did everyone go about it? And the parent just looks at you, stares you in the eye and is like, I don't know. Yeah. You know, like everyone's misinformed about each other. And Definitely. a lot yeah. of what pains me the most is that these teenagers don't understand that once you start the hormones, like they all see the hormones as like a gateway, you know, like yeah. I've done it, I've made it or getting top surgery or bottom surgery done. And it's like, it doesn't end there. 
Like you have to take hormones for the rest of your life. Exactly, because... And once you go through that one year, one year and a half, two years of transition, there's almost like no way of going back. Yeah. Like you are forcing your body to go through something that is humongous, really. And it, it literally... Like, for instance, for females who are transitioning into males, like testosterone will cause physical changes, will ca cause your voice to change, will cause all of these things to happen, um, will cause you to have a beard, grow more body hair, uh, acne possibly, and all of these other things. And it's like if you five, ten years down the line regret your decision and stop taking testosterone your body will never be the same. Like there's some stuff that goes into remission, but like your vocal cords, you, you won't be ever able to, to go back to where you were, yeah. you were before. You know, yeah. there are long term, like basically to the end of your life type of decisions. And to allow a five-year-old to start a process that even in grown adults is, can be is complicated is just incredibly misinformed and ignorant in my opinion but that's my opinion <laughs> so yeah don't quote me on that just go oh so, my god i'm so gonna get we, canceled we, so we see clearly how freaking dangerous it is to introduce hormonal changes to a child a six seven year old child honestly like you'd have to ask a doctor like i'm not a doctor um I don't obviously think you need to otherwise be. i wouldn't be here and my mom would be happy and stuff like that um, oh boy yeah oh boy right <laughs> or a lawyer uh okay boomer um but but like <laughs> but no like obviously i i can get behind these mothers and these fathers supporting their their children but there's other ways of helping this child cope with body dysmorphia other than chucking basically hormones into their small underdeveloped bodies all right <laughs> it just it feels like a very misconstrued and very misinformed um action to take especially with your own child so there could never so their argument was that a um, 22 year old um, female that was born a male um, was saying that if she would have gotten the treatment sooner, it would mm -hmm. mean her not being depressed. Mm. But at the same time, there are multiple uh, children that were inclined to, to a certain thing and later developed into what they actually were born as. Mm -hmm. So there is a, a danger both uh, health-wise and a danger because the child, like you said, are, is still in development and doesn't really understand 100% fully what he or she is, right? It's not so, even that. Like, for me, it's, it's very... It's just stupid, really, because... I feel like these parents are like, oh, you're playing with Barbies. Yeah. So they take it as like, you know. Oh, you think like, you're Lara Croft? Oh, let's put some boobies yeah, on there. Yeah, you must. Yeah, <laughs> let's, let's put some, some boobies on here. Uh, but, but no, it's like, 
And actually, I watched the TikTok not that long ago. I feel like I'm always mentioning that I'm watching TikToks uh, of this father. Look at you. Who, who, look at me. I'm being so <laughs> hip. Am I down with the kids? Uh, yes. Um, but like it was this father who had his son. And he noticed that his son was picking up his sister's Barbies. And okay. what he did next, you cannot believe in this most clickbaity title. Uh, but actually, like, he took his son to the store and bought him his own Barbie for him to play with. And, like, this kid's huh. joy, he must have been, like, four or five years old. This kid's joy over having his own, like, not his sister's, his own mm. Barbie. It was mm. his that he owns, you know, like this child's happiness. And we forget that children are the most pure, most innocent form of humans. And he, that little child is not thinking if he's a man or a woman. Exactly. He, just, he sees the Barbie and is like, this is, this is pretty. Like, I want to play with it. Yeah, right? he and sees his sisters playing with them. And, uh, you know, he wants to. He wants some of that. So he gets some, one for himself. Exactly. And it's like, for me, it's an extension of, um, you can extend this, I mean, to other things other than toys. Like I played mostly with soccer balls and uh, small little cars and stuff like that. So mostly like masculine or male gender related yeah. type of toys when I was a child. Like I had Barbies, I had a freaking like baby uh, doll, whatever, which never freaking interested me. Mm -hmm. I was always like with the racing cars, like throwing them around <laughs> the place, right? And playing soccer, I was really much, very much into sports. And like at no point did I consider that maybe I was born in the wrong body because I was a kid doing kid things, doing things exactly. that I wanted to do. Yeah, I think I there's didn't a... see. Yes. Please. I think there's a lot <laughs> of disconnect. Like I, <laughs> I, I think there's a disconnect, like when we started this um, with Pierre, there's a disconnect mm -hmm. with uh, activities and hobbies and what people actually are inside. Just because a woman dresses um, pants does not mean she's a, like lesbian or a man inside, right? Exactly. But, we've still got a whole lot of generations to go to, to go forward oh, yeah. for us to start, you know, looking over to that man who looks, who dresses like a woman and be judging that or assuming he's something or other. But um, mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, yeah. we still just have don't, a, long, <laughs> a long way to go. Yes. Yeah. Just don't put, don't change the kids hormones. Okay. You, you're going to, it's really, really freaking dangerous and really dumb to do, I think. I'm not a scientist, but I feel like it would just cause a whole lot of health issues with the child. Mm. I feel like we need more medical information. Like, we don't hold all the answers type of thing. But uh, at least what do you in mean? my... I'm, I still feel <laughs> I'm like a, a teen. I know I'm everything. I'm not a doctor, therefore... I know everything. Uh, I'm not a doctor and neither are you, obviously. Otherwise, we wouldn't be here. Um, <laughs> what do you mean? What do you mean? What do you mean? <laughs> Just jabbing. Jabbing at our families. Um, Should have been a lawyer. Should have been a lawyer. Um, but yeah, like we obviously don't know the medical side of things. And we are 
obviously it misinformed ourselves. Um, but at least from what I gather is just there's other ways for you to help that child. And even I, what really stuck to me was you telling that story of a, the 22 year old. Yeah. Because um, like the thing you said was that if she she apparently said that if the process had been started sooner, um, she wouldn't be depressed. Now, here's the issue, man. Like, I understand that going through your teen years as someone that is being perceived as someone that you're not uh, can be extremely detrimental to your mental health. I can speak to it on my own uh, personal experience because I was always a tomboy. I was always more on the bulky, muscular side. And I was always kind of seen a little bit more as a dude other than a female, right? Mm. Um, and like going through that experience, it's, mm, it's very detrimental. But the thing is that um, it's a mental situation. It she is. said that she wouldn't be depressed. If you have depression, you need medical help. You need a therapist. You need a psychiatrist. Yeah. It's not pumping hormones at the age of 10 that's going to uh, help you with a mental condition. Because no. if you're pumped uh, by hormones at the age of 10, then you're going to go through the awkward phase all the same as teenagers go you're still going to have the acne you're still going to have the body issues right. you're still going to have all of these other things attached to it and you're actually i'd say that's even worse because you're transitioning in a part of your life that is notoriously major uh for the individuals because you're going through all these new social adjustments because like a five-year-old doesn't care if you're a geek or if you're a jock or whatever it may be right they just want an another friend to play with exactly right yeah once True. you get to your 13s your 14s 15s you're you want to be with like-minded people so you tend to go and try to find your niche so if you're a nerdy person like you might want to join a book club or you might want to relate with a couple of people that like reading books or doing other nerdy stuff i don't know what what do nerds do these days um uh, they play D and uh, video games and look ooh, at cool. um Oh, uh, wow, I'm a nerd. Porn. <laughs> I don't oh, know. My. Oh, my. I, oh, I, I've wow. always considered myself a nerd because I like uh, movies and, and video games and a nerd out with sci um, scientific um, sci-fi stuff and fantasy stuff. And I don't know. But I don't look like the typical, you know, uh, shirt nerd. and glasses. But there, that's where we started this conversation, right? Judging a book yeah, by its true. cover. Exactly. Mean, But that's the thing. For teenagers, that's what it is. Yeah. They're far, they have the anchors like very, very like on the black and white, you know? But that's the beauty of where we're going as a society. Because like now I see all of these most likely underage boys from TikTok wearing skirts and wearing like freaking maid costume <laughs> costumes and stuff on there. And I'm like, that's good. It's good get, that you com feel comfortable on your own skin. And yeah. It's amazing that for their peers, like now, because it's be becoming so much more normalized and broadcasted on social media, it's mm -hmm. it's easier. I, I feel like 
Um, if I go to a 15 year old right now and I'm wearing something out of the ordinary or something like that, um, they'll most likely either compliment or say something about it and be like, I don't really like it. It's not my style, but like you do you. They're far more likely to be like you do you versus in my time, oh, look at me, I'm sold. Um, where like we had this conversation earlier today, like I told you about this goth girl um, right. that went to the high school near mine and she was like, she was actively avoided. That's like really people with people would let her through. Like it was like Moses parting the seas type of situation. And she's actually the daughter of one of my mom's co-workers. So I've met her. She is this most joyous, sweet, just cutie and so, so soft, right? Like you, you talk to her and she's so welcoming and warm, right? But she dresses like, she, you know, she's a witch from Salem, you know? Oh, wow. But that's the okay. thing. But that's the thing. Like, every, like teenagers, we are, we see black and white. They saw her and they were like, okay, this is the type of person that she is. They base mm. her, uh, they base their opinions based on, you know, um, her looks and how she dressed. And now I feel like teenagers don't really do that as much. It's not as black and white. There's a lot of gray. So we're definitely uh, going, going towards a good thing. We're slowly so, yeah. going, but we are going. That's what it matters. Yeah. Because, like, yeah. I feel like parents as well, it's like, well, it's a boy, but he's wearing a skirt. What is wrong with that? And then their kid is like, oh, it's okay for boys to wear skirts. And as a parent, you're like, yeah, it's perfectly fine. You wear whatever the hell you want. And the kid is like, oh, I didn't know this, this piece of information. Awesome. And that creates a new anchor for them. Exactly. So it normalizes yeah. all of these things. Um, while I understand what Pierre said, and because like you obviously know the anchors yourself, you're inserted right. into society, and him thinking that he was gay for me was actually very, very major. Because obviously you have to explore your sexuality and understand yourself as a person. And just like you said, like you started questioning his own sexuality right. because he had all the wrong anchors. But I'm so, so glad for him because honestly, uh, it takes a really strong person to, at the age that he was going through all of this, to be like, no, I like drawing. I like artistic stuff. I like music. I like wearing makeup. I like dressing the way that I do. And I'm going to keep doing it because that's who I am. Yeah. And it has nothing and like, to do regardless, with... Regardless. Yeah, yeah. It has nothing to do with sexuality. the sexuality. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Yeah. That, we need to... I mean, the, yeah, like he said as well, there there are places on the world that you will get stoned for being gay. Uh, <laughs> homosexual. So obviously, yeah. like, it still has a very, very much like real world, like consequences, you know? It's not oh. something for you to take lightly. Yeah. Um, but obviously, like, there are certain situations, obviously, I, I can't talk about religion right now, but... Um, the the bulk of society, like the societies at large, the fact that, for instance, here in Portugal, um, adopting for gay couples is completely legal and normalized. You know, mm -hmm. like we've done a ton of progress in a lot of countries. And the fact there there's still like progress to be done 
doesn't mean that there's no progress at all. It just needs to be said that we need to keep going. We need to keep pushing and breaking through, really. Exactly. Well, Tommy, look at that. One hour. Um, look at that. One hour. Yeah, I think we Should have we to... stop for a little bit? <laughs> <laughs> I think we're all going to end this, um, this episode here. I think we... Mm-hmm. Well, you did most of the talking. <laughs> I did okay. most of the talking. I yeah. feel like I, I came very much unprepared. Uh, <laughs> I didn't ask any questions. I'm a piece of poo poo. Poo poo to steal people. Well, poo poo dookie. Yeah. Shit. What, whatever you want. Pieces. No, whatever you want. You, we, we can get you <laughs> hormone changes if you want, okay? Oh, God, no. <laughs> All right, Tammy. Uh, thank you very much, everyone, for listening. And uh, we'll see you next time. Yeet.